It is great to see so many of you today. This morning we will be finalizing or finishing up our study together as we wrap up the book of Jude. We will be looking at verses 17 through 25. And it's been a unique book to work through. Jude's style, it is a little confrontational. But as we will see more clearly this morning, Jude's reasoning for his confrontational demeanor, it is grounded in his desire to see Christians keep themselves in the love of God. And what faithful shepherd would not want that for his flock Now, if you have missed either of the last two weeks, here is a brief overview of the book of Jude. Jude has been dealing with, he has been writing about false teachers who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality, who deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ, and in rejecting Jesus Christ and his authority, they instead see themselves as authoritative. Thus, they follow their own selfish desires. They deceive for gain. And because of their love for self, instead of Jesus Christ, they will ultimately be condemned. But Jude closes his letter this morning with instructions. Instruction to his readers on how to protect themselves from the false teachings that they encounter. And also instructions on how We are to respond to false teachers and those who get caught up in false teaching. Because church, our response, it matters. How we respond to things, it matters. I read a joke this week about a husband who asked his wife, when I get mad, you remain so calm and don't react How do you maintain such great self-control? She replied by saying, well, I just go and I clean the bathroom. The husband asked, well, how does that help? And the wife replied, well, because I use your toothbrush to do it. As a marriage and family therapist, that's bad. We do not recommend that to anyone. But church, how we respond to people, it matters. And how we ultimately respond to the venom, to the mocking, and to the division that will be thrown our way by false teachers. It ultimately impacts our witness and our testimony as Christians. Our thesis this morning, or the main theme that we will be looking at in the sermon this morning is this. Christian, in the midst of false teachers and division... Remain in God's love and be intentional in reaching out to those who get caught up in false teaching as God will always keep his children from stumbling away from the faith. Again, Christian, in the midst of false teaching and division, remain in God's love and be intentional about reaching out to those who get caught up in false teaching as God will always keep his children from stumbling away from the faith. Our text this morning again is Jude, verses 17 through 25. And I'd highly recommend everyone opening their Bibles and following along this morning. 
Jude 17 through 25. Jude writes, But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life, and have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garments stained by the flesh." Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we humbly come before your text this morning. You, Father, are the only one who keeps us from stumbling, and you will present us blameless before the presence of your glory. Father, how could we not come humbly and and in all of you this morning? You are the one who saves and who redeems Salvation is yours from commencement all the way to consummation, and we praise you for that this morning. Let us be bold then, being children of the Most High God who have been washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let us be bold, passionate, and merciful and sharing your love, your sound doctrine, and your truth with individuals who have been caught up in false teaching and false doctrine. And let us as a body be devoted not to run to the nearest fad, the nearest or quickest or most recent false teaching, but to keep ourselves in the love of God. Open our eyes and our ears and our hearts this morning to your word. And let let it penetrate deep into our souls this morning. Do your work, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. The sermon this morning has three parts. We will start, obviously, with point number one. There will be false teachers, and they will be the cause of division. There will be false teachers, and they will be the cause of division. And we'll be looking at Jude, verses 17 through 19. Jude writes, But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the Spirit. We see instantly in verse 17, Jude here begins to transition his attention from the future judgment of the false teachers that we have looked at the last couple weeks, especially from verses 5 through 16, back to the church. Back to the beloved. And he comforts them by pointing out that these times of false teaching, they were predicted by the apostles. 
almost echoing verse 4, which we looked at in week 1. These times of false teaching, false teachers coming into the church, this comes to no surprise from God. John, in 1 John 4, says many false prophets have gone into the world. They have the spirit of the Antichrist. Paul in Acts 20 says fierce wolves will come in among you and go after the flock. These times of false teachers coming into the church, it is no surprise to God. And in verse 18, it says these false teachers, they will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. They are scoffers. They are mockers. They are people who mock Christ. They are individuals who will mock our beliefs. They will mock our stances. They will mock our morals. They will mock our lifestyles. Now, we expect this as Christians from the world. We expect to be mocked by the media, mocked by the academy of higher education. We expect to be mocked by secular Americans. In fact, I think that is their new favorite hobby, mocking Christians. But the mockery that Jude is talking about here is not coming from individuals in the secular community. He is talking about mocking that will come from people who claim to be Christians. You may be sitting there thinking, Wes, does this really happen? And unfortunately, church, I have sat in classrooms under pastors and under professors and under theologians claiming to be Christians who will teach the Bible has errors in it and mock those who believe in the inerrancy of the Scriptures. They will teach that Jesus is a good teacher, but mock those who believe in the virgin birth and the deity of Jesus Christ, who teach and promote the sexual revolution and mock those who stand against sexual immorality. In verse 19 it says, it is these who cause division. They are worldly people. They are devoid of the Spirit. You see, they not only separate themselves from the church, but as William Gobi points out, they are used by Satan to get the train off the track. Meaning they get other churchgoers to separate themselves from the church. They get other people who attend the church to separate themselves from sound teaching. They get other church members to fall away from the faith. It is these false teachers who ultimately divide the church, who split the church and who cause individuals who attend church to fall away from the sound teaching of Christ. It is the mockers, it is the false teachers who cause division. Which brings us to point number two. How then do we counter this false teaching? And Jude says in verses 20 through 23, keep yourself in the love of of God, and then be intentional about reaching out to those who get swept up in false teaching. Verses 20 through 23. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life, and have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire to others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. 
unlike the false teachers who cause division and cause people to separate themselves from the church, Jude's instruction here to the church is clear. Keep yourself in the love of God. Church, do not get itchy ears and accumulate for yourself teachers who suit your own sinful passions. Because if you have an itch this morning, I can promise you there is a false teacher out there who is willing to scratch it. If you want to live your best life now, there is a teacher out there who is a false teacher who is out there willing to teach it. If you want God to give you whatever you want, there is a false teacher out there who is willing to give that to you. If you want to think the Bible is a bit dated and you need some newer and better words from God, there is a false teacher out there who will provide it. And Jude says, do not run to the latest fad. Do not run to these false teachers promoting unsound doctrine, but instead keep yourself in the love of God. And how do we do it? It says building yourselves up in your most holy faith. Continue to build your lives on Christ as revealed in the scriptures that was once and for all delivered to the saints. Build yourself up, brother Christian, sister Christian, in the same way that you would build a house. If Christ is the foundation, our foundation is secure, it is strong, it has been poured, but a house church, it is more than just a foundation. Hebrews 6.1 says, let us leave the elementary doctrines of Christ and go on to maturity. When he says, leave the elementary doctrines of Christ, he's not saying, depart from them. He's saying, build on them. Progress past the elementary doctrines of Christ. If we have Jesus Christ as the foundation, we must build on them. We have to put walls up. Eventually, we will need a roof for this house. But church, we cannot go on in our maturity of Christ if the only time we open up our Bibles each week is when we were here at church. Brother Christian, sister Christian, we must daily read and study and learn and memorize and meditate on the Scriptures. How else are we to more fully know and love our Savior, Jesus Christ? The reformer Martin Luther said, The Bible is the cradle wherein Christ is laid. Thus, if we want to go on in our maturity as Christians, we must go on in our maturity of the Scriptures. And Jude goes on. He says, Beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Meaning we are to pray in according to the will of God. It is the natural piston motion of the Christian life here. As we learn more about Jesus Christ via His Word, we then desire to pray and commune with Him more. And the more we pray and commune with Jesus Christ, the more we desire to know about Him. If I said to you this morning, church, I love my son, Theo James, Blonde hair, five years old, I love him. But yet when you observe me, you say, hey, Wes, he never talks to his son. 
In fact, he never even listens to his son and doesn't take steps to try to get to know him more. And he certainly never sacrifices for him. And he doesn't set time aside for him. And Wes has never praised his son for the good works he has done. You would start to wonder, does Wes really love his son? So why do we treat God any differently? If we want to build our faith, if we want to grow our faith, if we want to keep ourselves in the love of God, we must be dedicated to learning about our Savior and committed to praying to Him and being in communion with Him. Church, this is not rocket science. And Jude goes on and offers one last nugget of wisdom here. He says, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. As Christians, then, we must wait expectantly for the return of Christ. We must live in a way as if we know without a shadow of a doubt Jesus Christ will return. And we are then willing to withstand whatever comes our way because we know our faith in Christ, it will become sight when Jesus Christ returns for his bride, the church. Julie Ackerman tells the story of a nest of eaglets who were hungry. And Mommy Eagle and Daddy Eagle, they seem to be ignoring them. So the oldest of the three baby eagles decided to solve their hunger problem by gnawing on a twig. Apparently it wasn't too tasty because he soon abandoned it. But what intrigued Julie Ackerman about this event, which was being broadcasted by a webcam from Norfolk Botanical Garden, was that a big fish lay just behind the baby eagles. But they had not yet learned how to feed themselves. They still relied on their parents to tear their food into tiny pieces and feed it to them. Within a few weeks, however, the parents will teach these eagles how to feed themselves, one of their first survival lessons. But if the eaglets don't learn this skill... They will never be able to survive on their own. Jude here is not only offering three steps in terms of how to survive false teaching, church. He's sharing with us how we are to keep ourselves in the love of God. How we are to grow in our Christian maturity. He says, build yourself in your love and your knowledge of God as revealed in the Scriptures. He says, commune with your Creator. Church, pray without ceasing. And number three, he says, joyfully await the return of Christ, knowing that whatever persecution we may face in the here and now, we can endure it. Because in Christ, it will all be made new. And then we see a change of focus here from Jude in verse 23. He says, And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. 
as maturing believers. We are to have mercy on those who have been swept up into false teaching, just as God showed us such great mercy when we were dead in our sins. And we see from verse 23 the progressive steps of how false teaching can impact individuals because there's three groups exhibited here in verse 23. If you look, it says, maturing Christian, have mercy on those who doubt. That's group one. Group two, it says, save others by snatching them out of the fire. And group three, it says, to others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. And we'll start with group one. Have mercy on those who doubt. Group one is likely immature Christians who lack some discernment. They are teachable, but they're easily swayed at times by something they might hear from a false teacher. Thus, for these individuals, when we see this take place within the church, we are to be gentle with them. We are to be loving and patient and continue to point them back to Christ and to his teaching. In essence, don't be mean to them. They are just immature Christians who lack some discernment. They are teachable. They want to do what's best, but they get swayed at times. Thus, us as a congregation, we are not to be mean, but we are to be loving and gentle and merciful and point them back to the teachings of Christ repeatedly as they mature. Group two, it says, save others by snatching them out of the fire. Now, these individuals have gone down the false teaching rabbit hole a little further. And I'll put it this way. Group two is playing with fire. Their hair might be a little singed. They might have some burns on their body. And they are close, church, to losing their lives to eternal destruction. And here we must move quickly. We must tighten our bootstraps. And if we love these individuals, we need to confront them. When my oldest son runs out across the street without looking, I boldly and I fearlessly confront him because of his actions. And I do it because I love him. I want him to be safe. I don't want him to get hit by a car. And I certainly do not want him to perish. Christian, we must have the same type of fervor as we boldly and fearlessly confront individuals who are in the church, who are teetering on the brink of eternal destruction as they get swept up in some type of false teaching. And finally, it says to others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Now, group three, this is likely the false teachers and their minions, the people that are following them, who have taken the false teaching hook, line, and sinker, and who will face God's wrath for their ungodliness unless they repent. And to this group, we are to show mercy, but we are to do it with fear. And why fear? It says because their garments are stained by the flesh. 
And Jude is using a word picture here, a profound word picture. He's communicating that these false teachers, they are covered in the filth of their sin, as if their clothes have been stained or covered in human feces, as if they have been covered with poop. Now, church, if you haven't cleaned out poop from a two-year-old's pants recently, let me tell you what happens. It first gets all over the two-year-old, and then it gets all over his clothes. And then the dad or mom who's trying to clean the two-year-old up, it gets all over them. And then it's on the floor, and it's on the wall, and the five-year-old who wasn't even in the house, he's covered in it somehow too. It is a terrifying situation. And because of that, Christian, when we show mercy to false teachers covered in the filth of their sin, we must be cautious. Cautious that they do not begin to influence us. As Jim Shaddix points out, it is a lie of Satan that says we need to live like the lost in order to reach the lost. As maturing Christians, we need to try to reach those who have been deceived by false teachers. But as Shaddix concludes, for some we need to do it compassionately and graciously. For some we must be a little more swift and a little more aggressive. And for some we must do it cautiously and carefully. But the point is clear, brother Christian, sister Christian, we must do it. Which takes us to our third and final point this morning, and it is the great news of the text. God will keep us from falling away from the faith. As brothers and sisters in Christ, who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, God will keep us from falling from the faith. And what joy that should bring to our ears this morning. Verses 24 and 25. It says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. Now that is a doxology. But verse 24, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Church God, he is faithful. And he will keep his children in the faith until they arrive glorified in eternal salvation. He is faithful and he will do it. I read a story about a little boy who was eagerly looking forward to the birthday party of a friend who lived only a few blocks away. When the day finally arrived, a blizzard made the sidewalks and roads nearly impassable. The lad's father, sensing the danger, hesitated to let his son go. The youngster reacted tearfully. But dad, he pleaded, all the other kids will be there. Their parents are letting them go. The father thought for a moment and replied softly, All right, you may go. 
Surprised but overjoyed, the boy bundled up and plunged out into the raging storm. The driving snow made visibility almost impossible, and it took him more than an hour to trudge the short distance to the party. As he rang the doorbell, he turned briefly to look out into the storm. His eye caught the shadow of a retreating figure. It was his father. He had followed his every step to make sure he arrived safely. In John 10, 27 through 29, Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Church, Jesus does not say, well, I give them temporary life, and they could perish, and it is possible Satan could snatch them out of my hand. No, he says, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I love Article 17 of the Bible Fellowship's Articles of Faith. It is on perseverance of the saints, and it reads, Salvation is the work of God from its commencement to its consummation. Those regenerated by the Word of God through the work of the Holy Spirit, they become partakers of the divine nature. They are preserved by the power of God, so they shall never totally or finally fall away, but shall persevere until the end. Take heart this morning, brother Christian. Take heart this morning, sister Christian. Our God will preserve us and he will present us blameless and righteous before the presence of his glory. In verse 25, it says, Now to him who is able, or excuse me, 25, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. Oh, how I could read that verse for 30 minutes straight and not get bored. And there is nothing I could add or say about this verse that would add any more glory to its brilliance. Thus, I will only try to share with you as humbly as possible its meaning in another way. That before time... Before the creation of the world, there was only one God. Now currently and forevermore, there is only one God, and there is only one mediator, only one Savior between God and man, and that is the man, Christ Jesus, who offers salvation, who offers eternal life by atoning for the sins of his children and by the gift of his imputed righteousness. Thus, let us praise God for who he is, glorious and majestic in his being, authoritative and dominant in his power. From eternity past, church, we have one God who never changes. His being and his power, it never changes. The way of salvation, it never changes. His faithfulness in preserving his children, it never changes. Thus, let us hold fast to the faith that was once and for all delivered to the same that never changes. Now to him who is able to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. 
Thus, as we close this morning, church, I will begin by addressing the non-Christian who is here first. Non-Christian, we are in week three of our study of the book of Jude. He has confronted, he has opposed, and he has blasted false teachers and their teaching that deceive individuals. Thus, I understand it is possible that it could be false teaching that could keep you from confessing your sins and trusting in Jesus Christ as Lord this morning. To the non-Christian that is here this morning, let me ask, what are you trusting in for your salvation? And is it easy for your flesh to follow? Because if it is easy for your flesh it leads to eternal destruction. Matthew seven fourteen says, For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to eternal life. And those who find it are few. There is only one God. And there is only one mediator between God and man. And that is the man, Christ Jesus who came into this world and lived a perfect life, a life that we could never live. He was sinless. He was spotless. And because of his devotion to the Father and his love for his children, Jesus Christ was a substitute. He willingly gave himself up on the cross as a sacrifice for the sins of his children. He was a substitute and took our place. The wrath that I deserve for my sin, the wrath of all the children of God that they deserve for their sin, Jesus Christ bore that wrath on the cross as a substitute. And he was crucified. He was crushed. And he was buried. But three days later, as the receipt to showcase that he defeated sin and defeated death, that he was sinless, that he was truly God, he rose from the grave. And non-Christian, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Thus, non-Christian, let today be the day that you repent of your sins and you trust in Jesus Christ and Christ alone as the only one who can forgive you of your sins and who will clothe you in his perfect life, in his righteousness, thus restoring you, reconciling you, bringing you back in fellowship with God through eternity. Non-Christian, let today be the day that salvation is yours. And to the Christian that is here this morning, as we close... Today, and as we close this letter from Jude, I want you to walk away encouraged by the letter and confident in your God. Yes, Jude was a bit abrasive, maybe a little confrontational, but as Donald Sr. points out, Jude is a troubled pastor. And he's anxious to shake the shoulders of his community and to wake them up to the threats in their very midst. 
Some of Jude's scorching language can be tempered by realizing that in the ancient Mediterranean world, such rhetoric in religious matters was common. But not all Jude's passion can be explained away. For him, as most of the early church fathers, faith in Jesus Christ was a matter of life and death, and anyone or anything that threatened that life of faith was indeed a mortal enemy. Church, the steadfast love of our Lord, it never ceases. His mercies, they never come to an end. They are new every morning, and great is our God's faithfulness. He is the only one who can keep us from stumbling. He is the only one who can present us blameless. God is faithful. In the midst of the persecution, in the midst of the false teaching that Jude's writing about, God, he is faithful. In the midst of the anxiety and the depression we struggle with, God, he is faithful. In the midst of our chronic pain, God, he is faithful. In the midst of our fear of man, God, he is faithful. In the midst of natural disasters, God, he is faithful. In the midst of war, of these horrendous school shootings, in the midst of the sexual revelation, God, he is faithful. In the midst of the chaos of our lives, church. God, he is faithful. And every step of the way, every trial we face, every temptation we may feel, every false teaching we may encounter, God is with us. He is protecting and preserving his children until they reach glory. Thus it is my prayer that we as a church body, we confidently draw near to God's throne of grace in our times of need because he is with us until the end of the age. He keeps us from stumbling away from the faith, and he will present us blameless and righteous before the presence of his glory. In the midst of the chaos of this world, when we feel like we're losing, when we feel like we are losers, when we don't feel good enough, let this truth ring in our souls until we reach paradise. No one can snatch us out of our Father's hand because God, the only true God, He is greater than all. Let our confidence soar this morning in that church. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before his presence with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. To God be the glory for that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, awaken our souls this morning that we see you as you are. Majestic and dominant, authoritative overall, Father. You rule the world. You hold the world in your hand. And no one can pluck us out of your hand, Father. You have given us eternal life. Thus, amidst the false teaching that might try to infiltrate the church, Father, you knew all about it. You will keep your saints secure. Because of that, let us boldly Let us cautiously, let us urgently, let us mercifully reach out to those who are called up in false teaching. Let us pray for those who are called up in false teaching. But knowing, Father, you will keep us from stumbling. We thank you for that. From commencement to consummation, salvation is yours, Father. Glory to you.
Amen.